I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We'll help you join us. Welcome to the Owner's Voyage Podcast, episode number 43. In the continuing process or the continuing uh, series that we have with our nerds to go business owners today you're going to listen to an interview with regis devoe in regis's store is in alexandria virginia and he is one of the newer nerds to go owners and part of what he's excited about is he is piloting some of the new stuff that nerds to go will be offering our business to business clients and he's and i was excited to talk to him about those things as well Another thing that was funny, Regis and I got along very well because both of us were raised by single mothers who seemed to not only expect the best of us, but demand it. Enjoy my conversation with Regis. So where did, where did you grow up? Where, where, where are y'all from? So I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I lived there until I was about 21. I went to um, Morehouse College. Uh, so I, I actually went to college in the same city that I grew up in. Um, two different sides of town, but for the most time, most part, I was there until I was 21. And then um, I got a job with AT&T as a retail sales manager. So uh, I did their leadership development program. So they once you complete like a six-month rotation, they assign you to where you are to go. Um, and they sent me to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So uh, that was my first time living outside of the state of Georgia. And then I was there for about three three years, um, and my girlfriend at the time uh, was had moved. She went to Wake Forest and graduated. She she went to uh, D.C. So we were in a long distance relationship. And I said, "Hey, I, I you know I, I'm not loving Greensboro. Um, I want to get back to a big city. So if you're in D.C., I'll be there shortly." Uh, and I ended up get, getting a job or taking over the store. Um, in, in the DMV area, really not too far from where my, my nurse to go location is now. And I managed two stores in, in Virginia and now, and then I moved to DC before going on to Pepsi. So, yeah, so I'm originally from Atlanta. I have, I tell people all the time, I have seven sisters. I'm the only boy. I'm the oldest. It, it's been an interesting journey. With the name DeVoe, I was suspecting yeah. uh, South Louisiana because when I lived in South Louisiana, there were, there were a number of DeVoe's around South Louisiana. Oh yeah! Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, we um, my family's from Beaufort, South Carolina, so uh, very similar, my, very similar culture. Yeah, there you go. Very Creole, um, you know, kind of that French uh, mix as well. So, well, and and so your your career uh, looking looking at your bio and in our conversation here has has been in sales. Um, yep. Do you think that's been a key? key factor in in what you've done in nerds to go in the past how, how when did you open we opened um september 28th of last year you know we're coming up on our fifth month uh or, or the end of our fifth month so and and what do you wish you what do you wish that you had known before you started what do you know now that you wish you had known before you got kicked off i i would say the cash flow um challenges i think and just understanding that this business is very cash intensive uh we you know to make some money you you have to spend money particularly on products so just having a, a, a very clear understanding of, of how we were going to manage that and then the other thing i would just say is just the, the impact of a, a solid team 
Um, I think I've had a really, really good team to get started. Um, we recently, our business development specialist, he left and, and took another opportunity, but uh, my nerves have been awesome. Um, started off with the, with Melvin and now we have Calvin um, and we have a, a customer specialist who's kind of like the office manager. She's been extremely impactful in terms of managing customer flow and, um, you know, doing a lot of the, the dirty work um, that is not as often celebrated, but she she's done it with a smile and, and, and been really good for us. So, yeah, I think the impact of the team and then just understanding your financials and, and how you manage that cash flow. Well, it's, it's been interesting for us. Um, you know, we, we started in June of 19. And okay. we're being pretty successful. And then COVID, COVID came about and it really – had a significant impact on our business customers because, uh, you know, the pain of uncertainty is worse than the certainty of pain. So business had kind of pulled, pulled their horns back in, uh, given that you started late last year, were you, were you kind of starting when the effects of COVID were beginning to mitigate or do you think it had a significant impact in your first three or four months? I think it's been very significant. Um, I think it's been one of the, the tougher challenges, you know, not only just starting a new business, uh, but, you know, we're an emerging brand. Um, and to, to open up during COVID, um, you know, it's, it's been very, we've had to do a lot of marketing that maybe we may not have needed if it were a different type of economy, uh, but the economy was better. Um, and then just, we, you know, we've had COVID scares um, and COVID has impacted our staff. Um and, you know, just in general, I think the customers are are more so more likely to drop off than allow us to come in store. And I think I'm sorry, in home and, and in home is where we really can can get offer that total solution. Um, you know, most of the time when people drop off in stores, things like it's more issue based, fix my problem. Let's move on. Uh, whereas those five hour blocks and those opportunities are really and build a relationship with a residential customer or a business customer um, is done on site. Um, so that's, I think we have, as the economy continues to improve and we start to see it rebound um, now, um, even January, we, we had a lot more transactions and a lot more in-home transactions um, than we had previously. So I'm, I'm, it's been, <laughs> it's been a challenge opening up in COVID, but Especially, well, as you said, with the business customers, yeah, that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting take, and it's something that that is a, that's a new concept for me. But I'm really in touch with it. That that the total solution really works in an in home environment. Now, do you have a retail space? Yes, so we have a local service center um, right in Old Town, Alexandria. So, yes, but I hate to see your rent check. <laughs> It's, it, it, it was not, it's been good the first six months. I guess COVID helped us in that. Uh, but now we, we get into the real rent. Uh, we, we were able to negotiate a pretty good deal, um, to start. Uh, but you know, now it's, it's kind of, we got to take the training rules off <laughs> and, and really start running. <laughs> um, anyway, I was, I was talking yesterday about that the nerds to go model was really built on the total solution as an in-home on-site total solution. And at the time, that probably made sense because most people were using desktops. A significant yep. portion of our business is laptops, and and people find it more convenient to just drop a laptop off as opposed to um, uh, having you come into the house because they don't want to have to unplug and tote a desktop. 
Are you seeing a significant part of your business being laptops? Absolutely. Um, I would probably say we are probably 80% uh, laptops um, and, and printers. Um, and I would say desktops, We, we the gaming laptop, the, I'm sorry, the gaming desktops, they're a little lighter. Um, the, the people who typically work with those, they're more likely to bring them to you. So that's been, that's been helpful, but um, yeah, overall, yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the laptops have dropped off more in store. And, uh, we do service more desktops on site. And that's, and that's a, I think that's an interesting, interesting part that is part of what I wanted to talk about is I, I think uh, my feeling, and I think it's, it's, it's shared by most of the franchisees, franchisees owners I've talked to, is that the business-to-business model that is the opportunity that's offered with Fast Signs is, is going to get us back into that total solution on-site world. Are you excited about the Fast Signs uh, uh, evolution? Absolutely. Um, I think it's the future of this business. Um, I, I'm, I've been a part of the managed services the managed service provider uh, pilot program. So we've we've been really doing it since we opened. Um, I think we started in around November or December. So um, it's been very beneficial um, just being able to, to offer those really customized solutions to smaller businesses. Um, I think it's been extraordinary. Um, I think it's an opportunity where over time we can start getting government contracts. We can start um, taking on some larger projects uh, or, or even larger clients because we can offer a really, really good solution that's tailored to their budget um, and also still give them that same endpoint security, the remote management, the uh, backup solution, uh, firewall. Um, we, we're building a really robust offering um, to our business customers. And and have you been uh, have you been relatively successful with with marketing the MSP? Yes, um, you know. So we we did a few different approaches. Uh, one has been a, a campaign with receptive media, uh, where they actually email out the business owners directly and, and business uh, stakeholders directly. So that has been we probably get a response rate of about five percent, but you know five percent on. 100 gives me five customers to to, to talk uh, to. So we've been able to get a, a lot of intro calls. And, and one of our largest customers came out of one of these campaigns. Uh, the others have come from actually canvassing, going door to door, doing more of that guerrilla marketing. But um, the larger opportunities, I think, uh, where people are more responsive and more receptive to to a paying a, you know for multiple endpoints and uh, you know, needing a more robust monthly service plan have, have come from the receptive media campaign. And I, I, my impression is, you know, one of the my undergrads accounting and the graduate degrees are management information systems, computer information, computer stuff. And when I started with Nerds to Go, everything I knew about marketing, you could write on the head of a pen with a magic marker. And the same thing <laughs> for advertising and 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 to a great extent sales that sales background that you have and the retail, you know, running the AT&T stores and doing things that, that from my perspective certainly gives you a, a good background for what it is that you're trying to accomplish in those ways. But outside of that, what was the, what was your biggest surprise in business ownership? How challenging it is to not get caught in the weeds. 
you know, I, I want to be, I'm, I have so much on the line right now. I want to be involved in everything. I want to touch every customer. I want to be, know my marketing, where my marketing is going. I want to, I want to be in control of almost every aspect of my business because I have so much on the line and I, you know, I really want to be successful and I, um, you know, I, I this is my first time I've, I've start tried entrepreneurship in the past, but this is the first time I actually got something to launch and, um, you know, I'm very thankful to the Nurse to Go headquarters team, but in general, I think that has been the hardest thing and just figuring out where I can, how I can trust my team more, how I can trust uh, my resources more. I think that's been the biggest uh, change from, from being a, a retail store manager where I had, you know, I really didn't focus on the HR. I didn't, you know, a lot of the other, uh, I guess, back office type responsibilities. Uh, or I guess corporate or oversight responsibilities. Whereas in this this role, I have to be knowledgeable of: <laughs> did we pay? Do we have the right permit for what we're doing? Or um, are we paying taxes appropriately um, in the in three different territories? So um, or states and territories. So uh, you know, just just trusting your resources, trusting those around you to be successful. Um. One of the one of the folks that that I run into a lot in different uh, networking groups and chamber of commerce around the McKinney area, uh, Elizabeth Mahusai, is uh, a coach. She's doing a, a CEO ownership uh, sales coaching, and that mm-hmm. um, I love Elizabeth. She's good people, but one of the things that that Elizabeth talked about in one of the presentations that she did is that ability to delegate that ability to yeah. to decide those things that you need to push off and, and do something else with. It was interesting to me when I was at nerd university, when I was up in Connecticut, I was talking to David yeah. and, and uh, David said that, that probably the, the key resource, well, he asked me, he said, what's the key resource? And I said, it's probably your nerds. And he said that he thinks the key resource is probably your customer service specialist. And and I thought that was interesting. Do you you know you mentioned your customer service specialist and and the things that, that I believe you said she is doing to help. Do you yes, find yes. that that having the trust in her to do and to delegate helps you be more effective at the things that you can control? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I look at so in, in, at AT and T we had a assistant store manager, um, and we would say that the difference between a successful store was where the assistant managers. And I think um, finding, figuring out who that is in this model, um, I think it most of the time is going to be either, I guess in, 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 um, in Guilford, they actually have a general manager, but your assistant store manager is your uh, customer service representative. So a customer service specialist. So I think she is, She's been very, very key in allowing and freeing me up, and you know, allowing me to even be on a podcast right now while the store is open, uh, while you know customers are coming in and engaging or calling, um, and she's able to take on that responsibility and then just empower me to do the things that I'm I'm really good at, um, and then filling in gaps where uh, you know where there's some some areas of opportunity. Well, the navy the navy model. One of the things that I wasn't in the Navy, but I've got in the DOE. I used to work in the DOE weapons complex, 
And in the okay. in the in the manufacture of nuclear weapons, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit an ex Navy submariner. I mean, they're everywhere. The Navy nuke people are all in DOE. So I have a lot of experience. When the Navy, one of the Navy guys was talking about, yeah. he was a facility manager, and he, he's got a, a deputy facility manager. And the way in his staff, when he came on and, and he talked to us, I was the financial guy on the staff. And one of the things that he talked about is he wanted to run it the way they do in the Navy, where you have a CO and an XO. And mm. the commanding officer deals with the stuff outside the ship, you know, where it is in the formation and what the mission for the ship is and all that stuff. And the XO deals with stuff inside the ship. And the, that's the way he put it is that, you know, as a, as a facility manager, he was going to deal with the interfaces with other facilities and other, other departments and other things. And that the deputy manager is going to run things inside the facility. And to me, that's very much the way you end up with a customer rep if you're using them efficiently is I'm dealing with the outside stuff and they're dealing with the inside stuff. And it seems that you're in pretty much the same in the same situation. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think we are getting there. Um, I, I think I, I'm still taking on too much. Um, and I, I have to continue to, to, to delegate and trust my resources. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's a different role to be in, just knowing that you are the owner. Every word that you, you say matters. And, um, you know, had some, some experience with that with at and but I, here it's just, <laughs> it's magnified because you are nerds to go, you know, for, for your team and for your customers. So, um, and, yep. and when you're working for somebody else, it's a lot easier to be relaxed about what's going on when you've got a whole lot of stuff on the line <laughs> and to appear relaxed yeah. and, and to appear relaxed and, and, and happy and everything. That's a, some, some days that's a challenge. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and uh, Hey, you should, you should see me when she's not here. Uh, it's too much to think about, uh, and I still have to worry about that, giving that customer the best experience. So, um, yeah, I, I'm so thankful that she's here, and, and uh, I just want to continue to develop that relationship. Well, and for me, it's a like, good lord, the customer service rep in here. I got to take somebody's credit card. What's up with this clearance stuff? This thing's being exactly. service CEO. It takes 27 <laughs> steps to close out a work order. Help. <laughs> Yeah, she she hates me probably for that. I, if if we do anything the day she she's not here, I'm I, she's cleaning it up when we get back. So when she gets back. So. Well, my guys finally said, "Hey, look, y'all don't touch this stuff. All right, process the credit card payment. Note that it's done. Give them the second copy of the FSR, but don't touch nothing that I got to come back and fix." <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he's he's a step ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I I spoke with him briefly after our uh, Red Book call yesterday, where they talked about the service CEO replacement. And I gave him, you know, after I got off the call, I gave him some flavor of some of the things that we saw. And I mean, he's just he's just beside himself. He's like, hey, call Brian now. I want I want this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about the zip code map. I, I know it's a weird thing to be excited about what as a sales and marketing guy i want to know where my customers are coming from so that i can send more resources that way um, you know if i can tell that in one community we've been there five times i need to send postcards send mailers to that neighborhood um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how we can use the new tools that will be available to us uh, to be even you know more robust in our marketing campaign 
I'm having to find those resources. Um, it's not just easy in, in service CEO. So, um, you know, I don't want to spend, if, if we know that this area can't afford us per se, um, or they can't, they're not as interested in, in fixing something because maybe they, they have a, a lower uh, quality laptop or, or desktop or older laptop or desktop. Uh, I want to make sure we're very, very uh, targeted in our approach. So I, I, if you can help with that i really really appreciate it Uh, i I can i I can i can we'll put that on schedule i'll i'll look and see what i'm doing this afternoon and give you a couple of times and then we can sit down and do it what did you think was going to be really difficult that turned out to be really easy um i think customer retention um just making sure that we not only delivered that ultimate experience from a technical perspective i'm you know i'm not a a nerd Um, don't have any technical repair experience. So, um, you know, at at t we mainly worked on mobile devices. Uh, so I, I do have some experience there, but we weren't technicians. We didn't even, we didn't have a technician in store. So, um, actually working with technical and, and you know, employees and, and nerds, um, being able to communicate with them and, and, and make sure that I'm able to speak their language. I think that that is, um, you know, just just building that trust with them has been a lot easier um, than I expected. And I think, well, and and I mean, we we've known each other for all of thirty minutes now, but yeah. it, it a lot of that to me has to do with your personality and your spirit. And if you if you've got a generous generous spirit and and you're focused and driven by team, um, yeah. it, it that's now it's harder with it's harder with with nerds, nerds are at the end of the day technicians, and technicians are things. You know, they're people that care about things instead of people, and sometimes it's hard to get them to get to, to thinking in terms of people. But that's uh, having the right spirit, I think, it, and and you certainly do, makes that a lot easier than than you expect. No, I was just going to say, hey, I appreciate that. Is, uh, is and, I, and likewise, or did anything that turned out to be really difficult that you thought would be easy? I think the main thing is just the cash flow. <laughs> Just understanding how to, I thought it would be one. I thought it would be tough to sell a product that is like, for example, a, a laptop. Right? You can being able to get any margin on a laptop when you can go on Amazon and, and find um, possibly better pricing than us. Uh, that was something that I I observed from the nerds when I went to Nerd University and, and also did my discovery day um, and us being able to sell laptops and sell desktops. Uh, I think that's been a surprise to me uh, because we're not going to be the best price, but that quality of service and having someone set it up for you and building that trust with the customer, I think has been uh, the key in allowing us to do so. And, and it's, you know, and that's the discussion that I have with, with my, my guys a lot is, is what we're trying to do is increase value. You know, the prices that we, the prices that we have to charge are the prices that we have to charge to maintain and to be in business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, there is no competitive advantage to being the second least expensive person in town. Agreed. (laughs) That's just, that is, that, that is a path to failure. So if you're going to be more expensive, how do you, how do you articulate, a value proposition that makes it worth it to the customer. Absolutely. And I think that that value 
is in the quality of service. Are you giving that five-star customer experience every single time um, so that they are patient with the, the work? You know, because we sometimes we can't, if we get really overwhelmed, uh, we still are growing our staff and we're still a small team. So sometimes they're having to wait a little longer than maybe someone else um, could could perform or they, and they sometimes have to pay a little more than the guy that's, you know, a one-man operation um, who can charge what he, you know, kind of what he's comfortable with. Um, so that customer experience, I think, is what separates um, a, a good service experience from an extraordinary one. That's a great point. What's what's your favorite part of your job? What do you enjoy the most every day? I think, honestly, just building something. You know, building a company that is delighting customers, um, being able to build a, a sustainable uh, business model that allows us to take care of our nerves, take care of our, our teams, and, and ultimately positively impact you know, this Northern Virginia community. Um, I'm really that that makes me the most excited. Uh, seeing the Google reviews, seeing the, the the smiles on customers' faces, or the delight to just have technology work ten times better than it was when we we first uh, took it in uh, or received it. So yeah, I think that's the most exciting part. I, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot. And, and your answer to that question seems to touch on it a, a great deal is yeah. uh, this entrepreneurship, small business ownership stuff's hard. Yeah. It, it is, it is consuming. And, you know, uh, and I've told the story a hundred times, a friend of mine, I asked him how things were going and he said, great. Until I figured out I spent $150,000 to buy an 80 hour a week job that don't pay nothing. <laughs> and, the, the, when he said it, I kind of laughed, but it's not as funny after you think about it for a while. And yeah, one, it's not at all. And one of the things that you need to have to continue to have the motivation and and the and the spiritual, mental, emotional resources is a big why. There's a, a why that it's the base of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. What is your big why? Why are you doing this, and what motivates you day to day? to stay up and to stay positive and to, and to go get it again tomorrow? Well, I, you know, not to get too deeply spiritual, but um, I definitely think my relationship with God, um, understanding that we are here for a purpose. Um, I think we have, you know, as an African-American business owner, um, you know, having a goal of really representing my community making more opportunities for people who not only look like me, but who think like me, who operate like me, who have been through some of those challenges we discussed earlier, you know, having a young mom or, you know, just whatever the struggles we have, uh, just knowing that you can be a better person tomorrow than you are today. Um, and that drive, towards building that relationship with God and, and really challenging yourself to do more than you think it's possible. Uh, this is a dream come true for me uh, to be able to, to own a business and kind of control my own destiny. So every day that I get to come in and do that, um, I feel like I'm leaving a better, I'm leaving the world a better place, not only for those around me and my community, but also for my family. Um, and that's what, what drives me. 
<laughs> you know, you, you say not to get too spiritual, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think having a recognition of where our blessings come from and where our gifts come from and having an awareness that we have a responsibility to God to take care of those things to the best we can is a why that anybody can live with. Absolutely. What's your uh, uh, up to up to date? What's your biggest sense of accomplishment with Nerds to Go so far? I would say our customer reviews. Um, you know, we have thirty-eight reviews now on Google, all five star. Um, I think in general, probably any customer that has ever given us a negative response whether it be in-store or via email, we have been able to respond and take them to a four- or five-star experience. Um, being able to do that with such a small staff, uh, you know, like I said, I work for AT&T. My last store in DuPont Circle, I had, I think it was a 30-team um, operation. Uh, so just seeing that we can produce really, really good numbers in terms of revenue, productivity in general, while also being, you know, a five-member team and now a four-member team, um, I think has been extremely uh, rewarding. Have you discovered any skills that you didn't know you had that all of a sudden it turns out that you're pretty good at something that you didn't know that you could do at all? Yeah, I would say agility. Um, I, I think in, if, you, if anyone met me outside of work, they would say I'm a very – I would say stubborn. Uh, yeah, just being you know being self aware. I can be very stubborn and not wanting to move on certain things, um, my values and such. But when it comes to this job, you have to be so agile. You have to you know. I think even learning how to set up a Microsoft 365 business standard uh, tenant you know, with no technical experience or no, no experience kind of engaging with Microsoft on the back end. Um, I think it's been that it has shown that agility that I think is, you know, I, I listened to the, um, the planet money, uh, ownership podcast. I can't remember the name right now. Are you familiar with that one? I'm not, I'll have to, I'll have to look, for, I'll have to look for that. Yeah. It's like a I think it's called the, the founder's journey. Um, but we, we just listening to every one of those business leaders, they always talk about agility. And I think knowing that I, I have been able to do some of that thus far, uh, I think is, has been a skill that I didn't know I had. It's been a surprise to you. Well, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, in, in a lot of ways, when I call the owner's voyage, when you, when you start owning the business, it's you're, you're thrown into the deep end of the pool and you find out that if I've got to swim, I'm going to figure it out here pretty quick. Exactly. Exactly. It's either, you know, adjust or, or sink, right? Like we don't want to, we don't want to fail. This is an immersion brand. Every, every decision matters. Um, in our local cities, we are the representatives of nerves to go. So, you know, we, we have to win and we, we have to move forward. And I, I think I found the name of that, that podcast is how, how I built it. Are you familiar? No, I'm not, but I will look that up. I, I love pod, this reason. Part of the reason I did a podcast is because I like them so much. Yeah. It's a good way of, you know, offering outside perspective to your current problems. Um, I think we, like I said earlier in the, in the conversation, just remembering, 
not to get caught in the weeds. I think sometimes just seeing, having a, a macro sense of understanding of what's going on in the business world in general and in the economy, um, I think you get that through podcasts because you get to hear other people's experiences, uh, you know, learn something new that you may not engage if you just went to work and came home every day. Well, and, and have you have you talked with or spent any time with David Alcorn down in League City? Not yet. Um, I, I, actually, the first time I've, I've heard his voice is yesterday on our <laughs> and on, on our call um, on the Red Book call. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in speaking with him and learning more. I think he's interested in podcasts as well, right? Well, and and uh, David, uh, I've. When I first started trying to do a podcast, David and I, he came up to my store uh, in, in McKinney and David and I, okay. David is, is my, my best nerds to go friend. David, David okay. and I are, are, are different sons from a, from our different, we got a different mother, but we, we are brothers in so many ways in terms of our, <laughs> of our history and the way we, I mean, he's a lot more dark complected than I am, but I mean, we, yeah. everything in, in every other way, uh, it, 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 I, I just, I love David. I absolutely love David. And as you've started out and kicked off, uh, that's a relationship that, that I think, um, uh, that would be beneficial for you and, you know, call David and, and he's just, he's, he's just great people. Hey, I'm glad to hear it. I'm going to reach out to him uh, right after we get off this call. Oh, do. I mean, do I just I love David. Um, what are the, Top one, two, three things that you would tell somebody before they started an owner's voyage. Owner's voyage before somebody was going to be an owner, and and take this voyage. What are the one, two, or three things you'd tell them to pay attention to early on? Um, I, I would tell them to be very self aware, um, understanding what your resources are. So whether that be things that you can you do well. Um, who is around you, who can help you uh, be successful and what things do you lack? Um, And I think from there you can, you should analyze for fit, right? Especially when you think about something like franchising or even a a traditional startup. Um, If it's not something that you can love or be excited to do every day, I would say find something else. Um, because entrepreneurship is tough and one of the toughest things you can do, but it's also one of the more rewarding things you can do. Uh, I think you should be able to have fun in what you're doing throughout the process. Uh, as you discussed earlier, you know, I'm, I'm working six days a week right now, um, to, to get this business off the ground. And that's a lot of hours. You know, I, I have to make sure I still love nerves to go. <laughs> on on Monday and on Saturday, uh, so just remembering, um, you know, from the beginning, just understanding um, and, and remember understanding why you're doing it, so that you can remember why you're doing it while in, in those tough days. Yeah, when you when you're up to, when you're up to your behind an alligator, sometimes it's difficult to remember that you were trying to drain the swamp. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's a good analogy. <laughs> if if you had it to do over again, what would you do different? Um, and this is always a, a tough one for me um, because I don't I don't think about life like that, right? Like 
I think there's we're so used to a video game, right? Like life being able to be restarted. Um, I don't think we can really, I think the beauty in life is, and in business is, is learning from your mistakes and learning from the things that, that may not have come out to, you know, come out, the, come out the best. But if I had to pinpoint on one thing, I would say figuring out how to get the best out of every resource from the beginning. Um, if I could have started off and delegated more or, you know, if you could, if there's some way of understanding what all the capabilities are of a CSR, CS customer service specialist or um, from one of our nerds uh, and then knowing, yeah. So I, I would say just being able to delegate more and making sure I, I use my time as efficiently as possible. Well, and that's a, and that you make a great point. Um, you know, in Texas last, last week we had the, the snowvid. I call it snowvid. We were shut down for a week with power outage. <laughs> and, and now the, cool I mean, it, it's a cool name on a, on a tough problem, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and now all the politicians are, are doing what politicians do. They take the field of battle and shoot the wounded. And yeah. at some point, I think I think you make a great point, especially for entrepreneurs, that you are where you are. You made the decisions that you made when you made the decisions with the information that you have. And to go back and revisit that decision with new information and criticize the decision based on the information that you have now that you didn't have then is just a waste of time and energy. Agreed. You know, but it, there is some you know, what's up? The saying hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Right. Like you can always look back and say, I, I, we could have done something differently, but in the, based on the information that we had at the time, did we make the best decision? Um, I think, you know, that's what sitting in a boardroom and, and having a discussion is, is for, you know, kind of looking back at, at the business. But I think it's important to, to, to learn from your mistakes and, and make sure that your strategy, you know, change your make adjustments to your strategy based on new information that you have moving forward but you know kind of saying what could you do differently um i think that's more of a forward looking thought whereas as opposed to a um it's more of a if you're using that information to be proactive instead of being reactive i I think that's the best way of of doing that type of analysis that's uh, exactly when when are you a golfer? I, I I play golf. I can't even tell you my handicap. So um, I, I'm a driving range specialist. How about that? There you go. <laughs> uh, one of the things that that one of the I had a teaching lesson and uh, Jimmy Tidwell, who was my pro, he said, "Here's the thing." He said, "Golf is a lot like life. You you got a situation, then you have to." figure out what the problem is and you've got a reasonable amount of time to decide what the wind's doing, what the lie is, what your target is. You, you've got a reasonable amount of time to apply a solution. And that solution is the swing in the club that you select. And when you apply that solution, sometimes you apply a great solution and you get a bad break. You know, the ball hits the flag stick and bounces off of the green. And sometimes you have apply a really bad solution and you get a good bounce because it hits a sprinkler head and jumps up on the green. But at the end of the day, yeah. 
when the club head strikes the ball, that shot's over. You learn some things about what solutions you should have applied, but the more you beat yourself about that shot, the worse the next shot's going to be because you're using resources Mm -hmm. to review the last shot instead of using those resources to plan the next one. Exactly. Exactly. I think about it just to give another analogy as a, a cornerback, um, people say that's one of the toughest positions to play in, on defense in, in football because every play can either give up – you're going to give up some yardage every now, every now and again. So the great cornerback can give up 50 yards and that be the only yardage that they give up on, on one play and then play another 70 plays and never give up another yard. Um and it's because they have that mindset where it's on to the next play. And they're not, if they made a mistake, they make the adjustment on the fly and they keep moving forward um, and they learn as they go. So, you know, I think that's what separates a, a great entrepreneur from um, someone who's just in business. Well, that's a great point. I'm going to write that down. I hadn't thought about the cor- cor- cornerback analogy. It's beautiful. Well, Regis, I, I can't. I can't begin to tell you how much I learn each time I do one of these. And if you've listened to the series of owner podcasts, how many people that we have in nerds to go that are just great quality people that I learn from that, that I certainly respect that give me hope and, and, and give me drive and give me um, a, a little charge every time I do one of these. And, and certainly this has been one of the, one of the ones that, You've given me a whole bunch of information. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your effort. Appreciate your honesty. You know, I've listened to several of your podcasts at this point, and you know that voyage is, is definitely something that we should be documenting because at the end of the day, I think ten years from now, Nurse to Go is going to be the number one provider for IT services, um, and I think it's because of those great owners that we have already. Um, and how bright the future is with the, the acquisition by, by uh, Fast Hines. And, and then, you know, you give someone like someone like David, you know, more resources. And I, I think he's shown thus far that he, he's going to take advantage of them. And, and we're seeing that already. So I'm, I'm really excited about the future. I'm really thankful for your time today. And, you know, just even giving me the opportunity to be on a podcast with the minimal amount of time that we've being able to engage with each other being a cheer in Texas and I'm in DC. As with each of these interviews, it's fascinating and a great learning experience for me to talk to these guys and gals that have an urge to go franchise because they see many of the same problems that I see, but they also see different ones because of the location that they're in or the various challenges that they have with staffing or, 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 or it's interesting to listen to Regis talk about the things that are important to him, the who, not how the ability to go out and delegate and that how easy it is to be caught up in the weeds when you've got a lot on the line and maybe better to let go of some things. That's the biggest thing that I learned And the combination with that and the book, who not how, but Dan Sullivan, great book. I'm in the process of reading it now. We'll probably talk that on a future podcast. We'll see you soon. This is Woody Huffines with the owner's voyage podcast. This has been episode number 43, an interview with Regis DeVoe of Alexandria, Virginia.